the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you as we get started at nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday. It's the sixth morning of the second month in the year of our Lord, 2023, and the United States has never looked weaker on the world stage. That's how we begin the program today, because we were tested. We were tested over the course of the last week and a half, roughly. We were tested since January 28th, which is when Joe Biden knew that the Chinese were spying on on whatever strategic locations, military bases, installments that they wanted to. Anything that they wanted to. And the President of the United States knew it. And he conspired with his team to bury it, to not let anybody know about it. That's the bottom line. The United States has never looked weaker because we are weaker. It's not a matter of appearance. It is not a matter of of uh, opinion. It is not a matter of estimation. It is a provable, discernible fact. The United States, under the leadership of the current 
presidential administration with the the current commander-in-chief is weak. They are terrified. Either that or they are loyal to. One or the other, and either way, it's weak to the communist Chinese or Chinese Communist Party. Let's put those words in order. The Chinese Communist Party, led by Xi Jinping, owns Joe Biden and the Biden administration. They tested us. This wasn't a spy balloon. This was a trial balloon. It was to try us out, to test us, to see what we would do if one of our most significant and dangerous geopolitical and military threats floated Chinese communists admitted. They didn't even deny it was theirs. They tried to say it was a weather balloon, civilian controlled, and it just blew off course. They lied about that, but they said, yeah, it's ours. It's Chinese. It's harmless. Let it float. And for days, Joe Biden said, yeah, yeah, let it float. Except it wasn't floating. It wasn't a balloon that got loose at a party. It was controlled like a drone. It had absolute ground control of its movements and its location. Where it went, how long it hovered over a certain space, then where it went from there, how long it hovered, what intelligence it was gathering, what photographs it was taking. It was all known to the President of the United States as recently as last Saturday, the 28th. And he did nothing. They did nothing. They hoped you wouldn't look up. They hoped you wouldn't see it. They hoped that planes wouldn't notice it. They hoped that the FAA and nobody would say anything, because if nobody says anything, then we can send Tony Blinken to China and continue to pretend that we are in some way, shape, or form engaged in legitimate and important negotiations and diplomacy with the Chinese communists. They didn't want you to know this was happening because if you knew it was happening, they would have to act. And they would have to do something that might, well, upset and anger the Chinese communists. And lo and behold, that is exactly what they did. Biden knew about this from Saturday to Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. And even then... Biden didn't order the shoot-down immediately when he claims, just over this weekend, that he ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down whenever they think it's right. In other words, the commander-in-chief passed off the presidency to Mark Milley. The commander-in-chief passed off the presidency to the worst-run Pentagon in the history of the United States. You guys decide what to do, he said. He literally said that. He admitted it on Saturday. That I I gave the order days ago, back on Wednesday. Really? You did? What about Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, and Saturday? Why did you allow this to maintain its position over the continental United States for for four days before you say you told the, the Pentagon they can shoot it down whenever they're ready, whenever it's safe? 
And then why weren't you in Mark Milley's ear on Wednesday and Thursday and, and Friday and until it was actually shot down on Saturday? Why weren't you saying, why is this still up there? I told you you can shoot it down. Why wasn't he ordering this to be shot down over wide, expansive areas where there is no, um, there are no neighborhoods, there are no cities, there are no towns where it is wide open American uh, 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 grassland, if you will. Montana is very, very. Uh, what's the opposite of densely, loosely populated? That's probably not right, but uh, Montana is a very, very low population state. There is more open space than there is populated land same thing in the dakotas it just kept cruising right along we don't want to hurt anything on the ground what if it lands on people well i'll say again what i said before what if it was a chinese fighter jet would you not shoot it down because the debris might land on people don't give me that crap that you're worried about where it's going to land and then we're going to wait till it gets 12 miles out to sea, and then we'll shoot it down. And oh, by the way, now we find out they're just now sending vessels out yesterday to that area of quote-unquote shallow water to see if they can recover some of the debris? You're telling me that the United States Pentagon couldn't coordinate the Air Force fighter that took that thing down with the Navy to have ships in the area, to have vessels in the area? So they knew exactly where they would shoot it down and where it would come down. So it immediately, as soon as it hit the water, splash. Pick it up, everybody. Pick it up. Because we got to look into this thing and see exactly what it can do and what it did. I have never seen incompetence at the military level, at the commander-in-chief level, like this, ever. And I doubt very seriously people twice my age could, would be able to say they've seen anything this incompetent. This is incredible. Senator Tom Cotton wasn't a big fan of the way this was handled either. The spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve. And unfortunately, the president failed that test. Uh, And that's dangerous for the American people. Uh, The president was paralyzed for an entire week by a balloon. Um, We should have shot this balloon down over the Aleutian Islands. We should never have allowed it to transit the entire continental United States. And I think there's a lot of open questions that the administration needs to answer to Congress on behalf of the American people about why they didn't. I think part of it is the president's reluctance to take any action that would be viewed as provocative or confrontational towards the Chinese communists. Bingo. Spot on. That is exactly what it is. He does not want to cross his overlords. The Chinese Communist Party owns Joe Biden. How many ways do they own Joe Biden? Well, we can start with, obviously, the trade imbalance. We can obviously talk about the fact that they unleashed a deadly contagion on the rest of the world. And we have done nothing in response to China. And, oh, by the way, they also know the truth about how much money Hunter Biden made in China from China not to mention from Ukraine, while current President Joe Biden was then Vice President Joe Biden, selling access to the Oval Office, selling access to the White House in exchange for millions and millions of dollars for Hunter Biden. 
And, of course, 10% for the big guy. I would say what's provocative and confrontational is sending a spy balloon all across America. Yeah, I would agree, Senator Cotton. Chris Sununu is the uh, governor of uh, New Hampshire. He said this. Uh, too little, too late. Look, at the, at the end of the day, they, they saw this balloon coming. This is all about China poking at us. This is all about China testing the American resolve. Whether- Why does everybody else know this except Joe Biden? Why does everyone else get this? This is China testing us. And why wouldn't they? We look and are weak. Our military is underfunded. Our military it does not have the capacity to survive a war with the Chinese. The massive, monstrous Chinese military. Not to mention that our military is no longer a feared fighting force. It is a clown show. Replete with, with soldiers wearing skirts and high heels, and dog masks, and calling themselves pups, and all kinds of other bizarre, gender-fluid, ridiculous, diversity, inclusion, and equity die uh, mentalities. That's, that's what's completely taken over our military. Of course the Chinese are testing us. They're poking us because they're not afraid of us. I submit to you, and I've been submitting this to you for the last couple of years, You better pray we never go into an actual war with China, or we're done. Our military would lose. You know it, and I know it, and so does Joe Biden. And that's the reason he didn't want to anger the Chinese. And that's the reason he didn't order this thing shot down. And that's the reason why he waited until American citizens found it and then demanded answers to it. Before he finally came up with the this past Saturday, uh, I ordered it. I ordered it shot down way back on Wednesday. But you know, my Pentagon officials were worried about people on the ground. You weak, pathetic, cowardly old man! You are terrified of China. Whether it's with TikTok or the balloon or whatever the thing is going to be next month, they know that that uh, tensions are escalating and they want to see what kind of leadership we have. And no, the president failed on this one. Should have been a, a lot more transparent, should have taken action a lot sooner and gotten it done. But believe well, you me, this can, is can not I, the last we're going to see of China. I know the president wishes that, but it's not. Of course it's not, because this was a test. And we absolutely failed the test. Marco Rubio questions the timing. I don't think the technology or the existence of these things is a great mystery. I think what's embedded here is a clear message. It's not a coincidence that this happens leading up to the State of the Union address, leading up to Blinken's visit to China. The Chinese knew that this was going to be spotted. They knew that we were going to have to react to it. They flew it over military installations and sensitive sites across, right across the middle. I mean, look at the flight path of this thing. It's a diagonal shot right through the middle of the continental United States. And the message embedded in this to the world is we can fly a balloon over airspace of the United States of America and they won't be able to do anything about it to stop us. They calculated this carefully with a message embedded in it. And I think that's the part we can't forget here. It's not just the balloon. It's the message they're trying to send the world that we can do whatever we want and America can't stop us. We can do whatever we want and America can't stop us. I want you to remember those words. Senator Rubio is exactly correct. We can do whatever we want, and the rest of the world must know this. The weak, formerly strong United States of America cannot stop us. That message is now resonating all over the world. 
Coming up on the program at 9.35, Jim Jordan, Congressman, Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, will respond to that story and more. Coming up in the third hour at 11.10, Senator J.D. Vance will respond to the Chinese spy balloon and American weakness. That will be coming up at 11.10. Those are my two guests today. I welcome you at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here. Now I'm going to ask you to stand before we break. Face your flag. Pledge allegiance to the flag that represents the formerly strong United States of America and the one that will be strong again as soon as we get rid of the weak and ineffectual leaders that we have in front of us right now. Face that flag. Put your hand on your heart and join us for our pledge. If you are a believer in anything that Joe Biden is doing to appease his masters in the Chinese Communist Party, then you don't deserve to salute that flag nor pledge your allegiance to it. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty, and justice for all. It's 924 and Always Right Radio is right back on AM 1420. The answer. Nine twenty-seven now. Always right radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks so much for being with us. So we've got a lot of information that we have gathered about China Joe and the corrupt fraud that he is as president of the United States and the corrupt administration that he oversees. Uh, if you're wondering why China is allowed to just embarrass and steamroll over America, I said it before and I'll say it again. Do an audit of the Biden bank account. Do an audit of Hunter Biden's bank account. Do an audit of Jim Biden's bank account. Do an audit of the entire Biden criminal syndicate. And we all know where Hunter got his money. We all know all of the business overseas that China Joe, or excuse me, Hunter Biden was involved in and how much money he made for knowing nothing about China and nothing about energy, nothing about Ukraine and nothing about energy. And yet he made millions, 10% for the big guy. And China knows all of it. China probably has every receipt that there is to give. And they could put it on display for the world if China Joe doesn't acquiesce. If China Joe doesn't do what they tell him to do. Bloomberg News reported Biden was well aware that the balloon had entered U.S. airspace on Saturday, January 28th, but decided to keep quiet about it so as not to ruin the planned trip by Secretary Tony Blinken to China. As it turns out, U.S. authorities were well aware of the uh, this is Bloomberg reporting of the unidentified object that had entered American airspace on January 28th, that had then left and re-entered over North Idaho on Tuesday. But with such high a high-profile trip at stake, keeping that on the down low was key. However, on Thursday, a Billings, Montana resident spotted the balloon. Uh, around 5.30 p.m. local time, and the next day, a local Montana paper published a report about it. That day, late Thursday afternoon, the Pentagon finally confirmed the existence of the balloon. Officials who spoke to Bloomberg claimed by that time it had become visible in Montana, and Biden had already been briefed on the balloon, and the White House was scrambling to decide whether to blast it from the sky, despite five days of monitoring it. According to Bloomberg, the Biden administration considered first the political ramifications of not dealing with the spy balloon or dealing with it 
which floated near the Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana, home to intercontinental ballistic missile silos. Yeah, nothing to see here. The Biden administration knew it had to exercise extreme caution, especially in what was a heated political environment ahead of the 2024 elections, with Republicans agitating on which party could strike harder, a harder or tougher line. This is incredible to know exactly what is going on. And what kind of a spin they'll try to put on it today. Karine Jean-Pierre is probably wetting herself right now, having to stand before the, the uh, assembled press corps. She, is, she has got to be terrified having to answer those questions today. She already is unqualified. Now, in this case, she's going to be just completely in over her head. And then, of course, we have Biden's State of the Union tomorrow. I wonder what kind of spin they'll put on this. We'll take a time out here. We'll talk about all of that with Jim Jordan. He'll join us next on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Waking up America from its woke slumber. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, 937. Good Monday morning to you. Thanks for being with us, as always. And thanks, of course, to the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan, for joining us, as he does each and every Monday as well. Good morning, Congressman. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I want to give a couple of quick clips for you to respond to, uh, because obviously the top story on everybody's mind right now is China and what they are doing yeah. to us uh, with our, apparently, uh, the ascent of those in the White House. This is uh, uh, former um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Oh, doggone it. I'm sorry. Hold on. we got to plug that in there properly. Here we go. Shot it down. It was probably a handful of days too late. Uh, they probably got all the collection they needed for those first few days, and now... Uh, they understand that they can penetrate U.S. airspace, hang out with a balloon the size of a couple buses for a few days, and the Biden administration won't do a darn thing about it. The Biden administration won't do a darn thing about it, which means, according to Tom Cotton... What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve, and unfortunately, the president failed that test. Is that exactly what this was, Congressman Jordan, in your estimation? It seems to be the prevailing opinion right now yeah, that this was yeah. more about testing the, the United States than it is about whatever intelligence they could gather from that balloon. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, Mike Pompeo and Senator Cotton are sharp guys. Uh, I, I trust their take on this. Uh, and frankly, it's, it's, it's consistent. Uh, you know, this is how the Biden administration has consistently performed every time. Uh, they, 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 they demonstrate weakness from the Oval Office. I would argue that's why Russia went into Ukraine. I've always I've said this many times before, but I remember a year ago when Mike Pompeo was asking a similar type of interview about, uh, he said, would this have happened under President Trump? And, and the, the Secretary of State, uh, he, he gave the, 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 I think, very straightforward answer. He says, the short answer is I don't know. But I do know this, it didn't happen under President Trump. And under President Trump, we didn't have this debacle of an exit from Afghanistan. And under President Trump, you know... This thing would have been shot down days ago. As soon as they knew it, you know President Trump would have, would have shot it down. So I do think it's a trial balloon. And the idea that China tried to tell us on the get-go, I mean, they tried, it, it, it's a, this is a weather balloon. Yes, these are the same people who told us that the virus didn't start in the lab either. I mean, this is, it's pathetic what we saw, um, but I think it's unfortunately the pattern we've seen from, from this administration. You know, I'm going to come back to President Trump in a moment because there was a lot of misinformation floated over the weekend by the media and by the uh, Democrats uh, about this kind of thing happening during Trump. But but let's stay on this for a moment. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just straight up incompetence or if it borders on on somewhere near treason. I mean, 
He knew, according to Bloomberg News and a number of other uh, reports, he knew, did Biden, about this balloon coming over U.S. airspace last Saturday, the 28th. He did nothing on Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday and then claims this past Saturday that he said on Wednesday, yeah, I told the Pentagon to shoot it down yeah. whenever they felt it was safe to do. Now, in the course yeah. of that time from Saturday to Saturday, a full week that this thing was in the air, it went over U.S. missile sites, strategic missile sites, it went over Air Force bases, went over, Lord only knows what it photographed or what, what intelligence it was able to gather, but they let it go literally across the continental United States before shooting it down in the ocean. Congressman, they let it do its job. I mean, they ate it, and and whether it was intentional or incompetent, like I said, I don't know, but they let a foreign enemy, a foreign power, um, do its job, and that is to surveil the United States. I mean, that can't be okay with anybody. No, and they used the the excuse saying they were concerned about the safety of of people uh, in our country if debris and things would fall. And look, I, I understand that, but... You know, I, if I if I gather it right, they 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 shot it down shortly when it was very very soon after it was off the coast off off the east coast, and I think they did it in in American waters, so twelve miles. But, well, there's got to be a twelve mile span somewhere in the far west. You know, there's got to be a, enough area where we can figure this out and and shoot this thing down, and it lands in a place where it's not going to harm American people, not going to harm anyone. But no, 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 they waited, until, as you said, until it did its course several days across the country, picking up whatever it was trying to pick up. Um, I, don't, I just don't get that excuse either for, for why they waited so long. Um, but again, who knows? Who knows what, what, the, what the real reason may be? Um, but it, it doesn't make sense uh, to most Americans. Real quick on uh, what happened over the weekend. They quickly tried to clean, because President Trump, like so many others, you know, responded, shoot it down, Mike Rogers, shoot it down. People are all over social media and all over interviews saying, shoot it down. And they're saying, all these Republicans are talking so tough about how they would have shut it down and never would have happened under Trump. It happened three times under Trump, they said, all day Saturday. Then yesterday, oh, clarification, from a Biden top senior official, well, there were reports of three incursions over portions of the United States during the Trump administration, but Trump never knew about it. They never reported any yeah. of these things, yeah. too. So, so in other yeah. words, it's all BS, claiming that this happened yeah. under, under, under the Trump administration as well. There is just no yeah. level that, to which they will not stoop to protect the incompetence right. of this man. Yeah, that's the template again. Never forget what the left does. They, they tell the lie, then big media reports it, big tech amplifies it. And then the truth comes along a little later. And and sometimes if you try to tell the truth, they call you all kinds of names of what they did to people uh, over the weekend uh, from the Trump administration. So, yeah, this is a typical pattern from the left, but the American people have common sense and they see it all for what it is. Congressman, last question on this now. Um, China has tested us, and I think by all accounts, including what Tom Cotton said, we failed because we have a weak leader, therefore we look weak on the international stage. And that brings us to this headline. China fumes after U.S. pops its balloon and warns of possible responses to the clear overreaction. Are we on a collision course militarily with this country? Boy, I hope not. Um, I hope not, and... You know, the, the, the good news is the closer we get to the 2024 presidential race, and if President Trump is our nominee, which is what I hope happens, and, you know, he's leading right now in, in polls against President Biden, hopefully that sends a signal to China that the guy who did stand up to him, the first president to stand up to them, is going to be headed back to the Oval Office. And so hopefully that helps us. But I do hope this administration, the current one, uh, begins to stand up and be a little stronger and project a little more strength from – I mean, you, you can go issue after issue with – 
with uh, you, you look at the the Russians coming to Ukraine. You look at well, just just the hostage that we left over there. When when uh, it, look, we all wanted Brittany Griner to come home, but there was another hostage. Just the, and then the Paul exchange for, for this the, the exchange for this terrible Russian arms deal. I mean, time and time again, they they show weakness uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to China. And then of course, our economic situation here is not helping because. I always say, you want to lead militarily, diplomatically, you better be leading economically. And right now, Joe Biden's hurting our economy in so many ways, primarily through the energy policy that he's adopted. We are talking with Congressman Jim Jordan. He's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Let's move to Judiciary Committee work. Last week, you held your first hearings on the Biden border crisis. Uh, the headline that m- uh, most uh, uh, publications ran with is, Jordan says this has to be intentional. Can you explain why you mm-hmm. think it's intentional, what they're doing? Well, because on day one, they said, we're going to, we're not going to, we're going to stop building the wall. We're not going to have remain in Mexico and we're going to let you, we're not going to deport anyone. You're going to come in. You're going to get to go wherever you want. So when you have no deportation, no, no weight in Mexico while we evaluate your asylum claim and you stop building the wall, people come record numbers month after month after month. And so it has to be intentional. In fact, what, what we, what we're trying to show in our hearings is how this happened, why it matters and how we fix it. And we know how it happened because of what I just explained. What we showed the, last week in our hearings is why it matters. We had a we had a dad there who's lost his son to fentanyl. We had a, a county sheriff there, 38 years in law enforcement. He said two years ago the border was the best it's ever been in my 38 years serving his community. He said now it's the worst it's ever been, and that's for property owners, that's for crime statistics, that's for cost to hospitals and schools and communities, the real cost it has to America and American families. He showed that in, in a clear way, and then how we fix it, we're going to pass legislation out of the Judiciary Committee, and then we think out of the House. Now, whether it gets to the Senate or Joe Biden signs it, it's a different different question. But we're going to show how you fix this, and we're going to go back to the policies that were working under President Trump. So that that's why we focus on this hearing first, and we're going to we're going to head to the border in two weeks, uh, and we're going to have some some meetings and hearings down there on the border on the on the Arizona border uh, in a couple weeks. Wow, I'm very much looking forward to that because um, uh, I want to see firsthand. We obviously didn't get anything when Biden went down to El Paso to an empty facility, and of course, that's exactly what we expected. Um, let's talk about the two first subpoenas that your committee is issuing now with you as a chair: uh, Miguel Cardona, Education Secretary, and um, uh, Christopher Ray, FBI uh, Director. Uh, tell me why they're top two. First whistleblower we had came to us on the school uh, uh, school board's parent issue. You and I have talked about that many times, and we have sent hundreds, hundreds of letters on this issue to U.S. attorneys, to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, to the School Boards Association, to the Department of Education, to the White House. And we said, these are going to be our first subpoenas. We have laid the groundwork. They haven't given us any documents. We want the documents because we believe that there was all kinds of communication prior to the initial letter from the School Boards Association to uh, the Department of Justice asking them to use the Patriot Act against moms and dads. And so we think that the, the letter was literally just a predicate to do what the administration wanted to do, namely target parents who were showing up at school board meetings so they could chill their speech. They thought it was going to help them win the go- uh, governor's race in Virginia. It backfired and helped Glenn Young could win. But we want to get to the bottom of this because uh, this was the first issue. The first FBI whistleblower came to us, Bob, on this issue, told us about this threat tag, this designation they were putting on parents' names who were reported on Merrick Garland's snitch line, the federal government, a snitch line, so you could go report your neighbor showing up at a school board meeting, and then the FBI 25 times visited 25 different parents around the country. That is ridiculous, but that happened, and so we want to get to the bottom of that and make sure the country has all the facts. 
Congressman, um, I want to ask about one other massive issue that I would hope subpoenas are also forthcoming on. Um, now that you guys are in charge, they're not going to be able to cover up the COVID, uh, first of all, the, the origin, and second of all, um, the mandates and the phony science and the massive profiteering of big pharmaceutical companies. Now, you probably yep. saw, I know you saw the same thing that I saw last week, which is the Project Veritas um, expose yep. on a very, very high-ranking pfizer uh, senior director or researcher or whatever it was, admitting that they were working on gain-of-function research. He said, we don't tell the people that because nobody wants to be known. It's like the Wuhan thing. Uh, but he was busted, which is why he tried to smash the iPad that he thought was where the yeah. only recording was, which is hysterical. Albert Borla is the CEO of Pfizer. He, of course, is answering no questions. He was in Davos, was besieged with questions about when did you know that this drug did not uh, uh, provide pr- uh, uh, immunity from infection? When did you know and why did you continue to sell it? telling people that it did. Yeah. So I guess I want to know is when are we calling Pfizer to to uh, testify? When are, when are we calling Dr. Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, Robert yeah. Redfern, Deborah yeah. Burks, and the entire crew of this uh, of this disaster to uh, to account? Yeah, because when did Fauci know? I mean, Fauci's with the government. Uh, when did he know? He was telling us all along and continues to tell us, and, and it's been reported today he's getting $100,000 for every speech he goes to give. Yeah. Um, so... So when, when did when did he know? I think this will primarily be handled out of the, uh, the select committee on coronavirus. Uh, Brad Winstrup, another Ohioan, is, is going to be chairing that committee as part of the overall oversight uh, committee. We will we will look into some of this. I do think in the weaponization uh, select committee, just because when, when you look at what what the government did, shutting down businesses, what they did to 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 small business owners, to families, people lost their jobs all because of, of this, and they knew. I mean, I, I think I've talked to you before, Bob. Uh, I remember about a year ago, I asked uh, uh, Deborah Burks, I asked her a question at the start of the hearing. I said, when the Biden administration told us that the vaccinated couldn't get the virus, were they guessing or lying? And it was an interesting response because she actually paused for a second. And she said, well, Congressman, I'd, I'd like to think that they hope that they... And I'm like, what is the hope? It was a, it was a, it was a hope that, we did, did it, that it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea that they told us that, and I think they knew, is as wrong as it gets, and yet they're the ones who are, who are trying to set up the disinformation governance board. I mean, the biggest purveyor of disinformation, <laughs> misinformation, is the is the government themselves. So, yeah, this is something we got to look into and make sure we know the time frame when exactly they knew that they were telling us false things. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Fauci being the highest paid federal employee in the uh, entire federal yep. government. Um, you know, the idea that he's getting $100,000 a speech, a lot of people are mad about that. But I don't blame Fauci. Uh, grifters are going to grift. It's what they do. I don't blame yeah. them for making the yeah. money. They'll pay him. Yeah. I blame anybody bringing him in and paying him $100,000 to speak with the lack of credibility yeah. that he has. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's going to Pfizer. Maybe Pfizer's paying him $100,000 to come in and talk to their employees. Who knows? Well, what a would, racket that would be. That would seem to fit. Uh, Congressman, two other quickies. Uh, one is on uh, the, the Biden jobs report. They are flexing this one hard. Even had a press conference on the 517,000 jobs, quote-unquote, yeah. created in January. Biden and his team say this is proof that his economic plan is working. How do you respond? Well, it's good. Anytime we're adding jobs and, and the economy's growing, you know, God bless America. We're all for that. But I, I, w- I would probably say it's, it's, being, it's happening in spite of their policies, not because of. Uh, I mean, you increase regulation, you, you, you raise taxes, you do all the things that they spend money like crazy, you, you, you drive up the cost of energy. I don't know that's, that's uh, so in spite of all that, this just shows you the, 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 the toughness of the American economy and the American people. 
that even with government doing the crazy things they're doing, they can still figure out a way to grow this economy and, 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 and provide jobs for people um, and grow their business. So that, that's how I view it. I think most people with common sense would say the same thing because it, it can't be, you know, oh, we're going to drive up the cost of energy. We're going we're gonna to increase regulation. We're going to have a terrible border policy. We're going to have record crime in urban areas, which doesn't help business, for goodness sake. So it, it can't be their policies that are doing it. I would say in spite of that, uh, the, the, the people of this country are doing good things, and God bless them for doing so. Last one, Congressman. Tomorrow is the night. It's the State of the Union address. Um, what are you expecting to hear, and are you taking one of those airline bags in there with you? <laughs> well, I would. You know, he'll put, uh, yeah, he'll put, a, he'll put a good spin on things as he possibly can, but the, the facts don't change. We got a border that's not a border. We got still record inflation. We got record levels of crime. Uh, we we are we are not viewed as as strongly as we should be around the world because of this 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 commander in chief. Um, so you know the facts are the facts. I'm sure it'll I'm sure they'll have him ready and and, and the president will give us a fine speech. And the the one thing about the State of the Union is is it is kind of neat for our country in that it's as close to pageantry as we get in this this country. We're not you know we don't have a monarch and thank goodness we're we're, we're the United States of America. We're different, but this is as close as we get, and it's an important day, I think, for our for our country. Uh, important kind of ceremony that we have and function that we have. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll be there tomorrow night, and and we'll see what the president has to say. And last one: Do you think Kevin McCarthy will bring a paper shredder to the? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, why not? No. Nancy stood there and yeah. ripped up Donald Trump's. I mean, put it through a shredder. Let's up the game. What do you think? Yeah. No, because Republicans have class, and not, that, that was a, that was a move that just showed, uh, frankly, in my mind, no class at all. That's not how we're supposed to operate at this this event. As I said, this is as close to pageantry as we get in the United States, and I know that Speaker McCarthy will handle himself the way a Speaker of the United States House of Representatives should handle themselves, and I'm I'm very confident in that. That is exactly the answer I expected from you, because that's the one I gave when somebody said, should he do that? And I said, no, because he's classy, isn't it? As whereas Nancy yep. Pelosi is, is Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. That's a lot of stuff on your plate. Thank you very much for, for spelling that you for bet. Me, sir. All right. There's Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 954. Our next guest isn't until 1110. It's a big one, by the way. Senator J.D. Vance will join me. We'll get his thoughts on the Chinese threat. I think it's safe to call it that. That was a trial balloon to see how we reacted. And then when we reacted the way we did and shot it down a week too late, they're angry and they're promising responses. That's a threat. We'll talk to, to uh, J.D. about that at uh, 1110 this morning. And we'll also talk to him about the State of the Union, too. But between now and then, we are wide open for you at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always Right Radio is coming right back. Nine fifty-seven, always right. Radio and AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to hear a little bit more from Mike Pompeo. We just gave some of that to Jim Jordan to respond to, but he had more to probably say. Probably a handful of days too late. Uh, they probably got all the collection they needed for those first few days, and now uh, they understand that they can penetrate U.S. airspace, hang out with a balloon the size of a couple buses for a few days, and the Biden administration won't do a darn thing about it. Uh, it's part of a bigger challenge. You, you described part of it there, Trey, with. Taiwan. It's the TikTok espionage conducted inside of our country every day. Uh, you'll remember during our administration, Trey, I, I directed and the president ordered 
the closure of the Chinese consulate in Houston, Texas, the largest espionage operation ever inside the United States. So Chinese spying on America, no surprise. Weakness of America just is going to invite more aggression, Trey. All right, for those of us who were never the director of the CIA, I, I think these are our questions. All right, so when would the U.S. have noticed this spy balloon? How would it have been detected, you know, given the fact that you're on television and what you can say about it? And why wait to shoot it down? I mean, you, you said a few days too late. Well, what's the explanation for waiting to do it? Boy, they've, they've offered this idea of safety. They didn't want debris to fall. But, of course, Trey, if, if I understand the trajectory correctly, came in over Alaska where there would have been almost no risk of debris falling. So I, I can't figure out why they waited so long. Maybe it's the case they didn't notice it coming across. But it seems to me that we almost certainly would have identified this nearly immediately. The size of this balloon, this isn't something small coming across. It's not even a fast mover making its way across. This is going slow, and it is big. And I would have guessed that as soon as it penetrated what's called the air defense identification zone, it was only at 60,000 feet, so not far above where commercial airlines travel, we would have picked it up. And I, I can't articulate a reason. Maybe the Biden administration will explain. Well, they have explained. They're terrified of their Chinese masters. Joe Biden is terrified of Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party, period, point blank. Could have done it over Alaska, could have done it over Montana, over Wyoming, over North Dakota, South Dakota, all the places. There is so much unpopulated land in the United States, particularly in the west and the northwestern part of the United States. Um, the idea that they couldn't find a safe place to shoot that down is, cr- is crap. Uh, he's terrified. He's terrified of China, and that makes us uh, it puts us in a very weak position. We got more coming up for you right after the news on AM 1420 The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. It's the sixth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2023. We just had a good conversation with Jim Jordan about some of this important stuff with respect to uh, the trial balloon. You know, they're calling it a surveillance balloon, and it was. But more than that, it was a trial balloon. It was a, it was a test. It was a test of American resolve, a test of American strength, a test of America's willingness to uh, allow a foreign power, particularly a communist foreign power, to violate international law and their sovereign airspace. What would the United States do in response? That was uh, what the, the Chinese Communist Party is wondering. What would the feckless, old, 80-year-old, cognitively declining, confused True old man... international over to pressure. Yeah. What would he do? We saw what he did. Nothing. Nothing. Let China gather whatever intel they want. You know, they could zoom right up to the, to the, you know, the bolts holding the cameras onto the balloon with our own telescopic technology... They could, they could see right up close and personal what was on it. They know what the monitoring capabilities were. They know what the video capabilities were. 
They were gathering intelligence, and Joe Biden allowed it to happen for a week before it was finally shut down. It traversed the entire continental United States from west to east before being shot down 12 miles out into the Atlantic. And then the CCP had to issue their response to the the uh, American response. And the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party's response was to threaten us. Or at the very least, to intimidate us, telling us we're outraged. China's foreign ministry said it strongly disapproves of and protests the U.S. decision to shoot down the spy plane, or spy balloon, rather. Quote, China strongly disapproves of and protests against the U.S. attack on a civilian unmanned airship by force. The Chinese side has, after verification, repeatedly informed the U.S. side of the civilian nature of the airship and conveyed that its entry into the U.S. due to force majeure was totally unexpected. The Chinese side has clearly asked the U.S. side to properly handle the matter in a calm, handle the matter in a calm, professional, and restrained manner. The spokesperson of the U.S. Department of Defense also noted that the balloon does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Under such circumstances, the Chinese foreign ministry added, the U.S. use of force is a clear overreaction and a serious violation of international practice. China will resolutely safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the company concerned and reserves the right to make further responses, if necessary. End quote. Now I want you to ponder what that means for a second before I ask you my next question. China is saying that they violate our airspace, sovereign airspace, in violation of international law, and they themselves are the ones who have been harmed. Because we, the United States, a week too late, but we, the United States, defended that airspace. As if an American flight, whether it be a balloon or any a drone or anything else, going over Chinese airspace would ever be allowed to do so without being shot down instantaneously. I promise you the Chinese wouldn't have waited a week. But their response, which is to warn of potential responses from China, beg the question as to whether or not they are in the beginning stages of making a case for military action against the United States. So what I'm going to ask you right now is a very, very difficult question, and it is only hypothetical for the moment, just for the moment. And that question is this. If you see us hurtling toward war, with China, and you are a military-aged male, and I'm going to stay with male, even though I know that the proper thing to say now is for male or female, because, you know, we have female, you know, fine, but I'm sorry, wars have traditionally and exclusively been fought by men. Uh, That doesn't mean there can't be an outlier, there can, Um, and certainly military-age females who want to enlist, if they're willing to do what men do, fine, but you understand my point. There's a reason, let me put it to you this way, just in case you think I'm being sexist. The United States currently continues to require only males to register uh, for uh, selective service when you become 18. Only males. There's a reason. 
If you're a military-age male right now and you knew that war with China, war drums were being banged and sounded by the Chinese Communist Party, would you be in a rush to go enlist and fight in this military as it exists right now? You do know that our all-volunteer military, our all-volunteer military is not meeting its recruiting goals. I don't think any branch of the service is meeting its recruiting goals for a variety of reasons. First of all, this generation, this this Gen Z and kind of younger-aged millennial generation that is in that uh, fighting, fighting age range, they're different kinds of people. They're being trained and they're being taught and they're being raised to be effeminate, to not be toxically masculine, but to be more emotional, to be more inclusive, not to be hard, not to be tough, not to be ready and willing to fight. It's a very, very different culture that young males are being raised in right now. They are being raised to not be men, as we have traditionally known men to be. That's one of the reasons I think that the military recruiting goals are not being met. Another is the state of the military, the leadership of the military. When you look at the United States military today, and if you look, if you Google it up, Google up the U.S. Army. Don't use Google. I don't use Google. Sorry, I slipped on that one. Search, search out uh, uh, on uh, search engines, United States military leadership. And when you see men in dresses and high heels, And when you see military colonels wearing dog masks because they identify as puppies, that's not made up. When you see the clown show that has become the DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity policies of the United States military, leading to just bizarre, strange, weird compilations of people rather than uniformed, crew-cut, hard-edged, trained military warriors, the way our military once was, there's a lot of people who don't want anything to do with it, even if they've thought about the military for a career. So they don't enlist. But let's call this a test of or a question of patriotism, defense of family and of homeland, weighed against the wokeness of the military that I just described. If China makes aggressive actions, bold moves, or even statements, would you be ready to enlist? Or how about this, if you're a senior citizen, or or even a a middle-aged person with a a son who is military fighting age, would you want your child to enlist in the military and not offend off China? Would you want your grandson to enlist in the military and not offend off China? If, because of the low recruiting uh, totals, we end up having to consider bringing back selective service, i.e. the draft, if we conscript people into the military, would you be in favor of it, given the current state of our military? Given the current state of of our, our, our fighting capabilities against the Chinese? I'm very curious to know. If you want to answer on the air, it's 216-901-0945. If you want to answer online, get me on Twitter or on Truth Social. On Twitter, it's France, uh, excuse me, it's France Rants, F-R-A-N-T-Z, R-A-N-T-Z. And on Truth Social, Social, it's always right, W-H-K. I would like to hear from you on this. 
Um, I'm going to get a phone call here from Sally in Maria. Sally, you're on AM 1420, The Answer, and you're up first. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, I have a healthy, strapping grandson, and I would not want him to enlist under these circumstances. If there were a change in administration and they took different policies, fine, but not right now. It's it's suicide. And I also uh, want to say that um, besides a trial test, I think the balloon um, is exposing our vulnerability cyberwise because they would have been able to um, survey our electrical grid. And I've said for decades, back in calling you before 2019, about the need to harden the grid, which we have not done. So we have many vulnerabilities militarily and cyberly, and we're needing to make a, a big change. Thanks, Bob. Sally, that's a great point, and I agree with both of the things you just said. I would be very, very wary, and thank you for the call. I, I, I wouldn't want my son. I've got a son who's military age. He's in college. I wouldn't want him to be a part of this. Not this, not like this, not right now, not under this leadership. I agree it could be and would be suicide. As to your second point, how about this from a cyber standpoint? How we were we not able to hack into the Chinese servers that were communicating with that uh, that uh, surveillance balloon and, and you know sending signals and images and so on and so forth back down to the ground in Beijing? Why were we not able to hack into that and just block the connection? Why couldn't we do what they do? Why are they so far advanced that they would be able to hack into ours probably in a blink of an eye? And why can we not do the same thing? You know, if we didn't want to shoot it down, why couldn't we just block it from doing what it was doing, which is sending intel down to the Chinese to store on that end? That's something that I would ask. And uh, as far as the electrical grid, I'll tell you this. My wife's greatest fear, we talk about this and have for years. I don't know why. But, but you know, when you talk about all the prospects of, you know, military actions that could be taken, you know, in a world of war, and we have had world wars, and we have wars going on right now around the world in various parts, including obviously in Europe. But in all of the ways that the world can wage war, her biggest fear is an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse that would, of course, you probably know what it is. It would essentially disable anything that runs on electricity or battery power. Vehicles, computers, televisions, phones, all of it. <coughs> Done. That's it. We are automatically transported back to the somewhere in the 19th century. Back into the 1800s where we're going to have to find horses or we're going to have to and we're going to have to plant our own food and we're going to have to find a way to survive without any electronic or technological advancements whatsoever and that includes communication. You got children on another in another part of the country away at school. You got family in another part of the state even. You're going to have to get on a bike or you're going to have to start hoofing it if you want to get to them to help protect them. Uh, it would be just the worst manner of chaos and fear, and I, I dare I say it would devolve into anarchy in probably a matter of uh, a few minutes, if not a few hours. So those kinds of things are legitimate concerns. And she said they're you know looking over our surveillance or surveilling our uh, electrical grids and our power grids and so on and so forth to see exactly what it would take to wipe wipe those out whether it be an EMP or something else. She's right. 
She, Sally was exactly right. We have not strengthened the grid. We have not uh, uh, tuned it up, improved upon it, and yet this is, of course, the same electrical grid that they want to overwhelm with electric vehicles in every driveway. It's unbelievable. I'll be, I'll be right back. Lest you think that I'm trying to fearmonger, but with my question about whether or not you would enlist or you want your healthy young son or grandson to enlist in the military in advance of a possible war with the Chinese, which milita- whose military is massive. I mean, they're the largest country in terms of population on, on the earth, and um, their military is, is extraordinary. Would you want your son... Or daughter, if you want to play that game, fine. But if would you want your fighting age, military age, son or daughter to enlist in the military at this time in preparation for war? If you think I'm just being melodramatic for radio purposes, a Chinese spy balloon fly, flying over U.S. airspace signals that the country is preparing its citizens for war. An expert on U.S. and China relations told Fox on Friday. Saturday, beg pardon. The Chinese spy balloon shows us that China is preparing to go to war, said Gordon Chang, a columnist and author who has written several books on China. We know what the Chinese are doing, he said. They're engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. They're trying to sanctions-proof their regime, and most ominously, they're preparing China's civilians for war. He pointed to a recent move from Chinese President Xi Jinping shortly after he was appointed to his precedent-breaking third term as General Secretary at the National Congress in October when he appointed uh, what is being referred to as the War Cabinet. China is preparing for war, said Gordon Chang. It's engaged in extremely provocative and dangerous activities around its periphery, and war could come at any time and at any place. The likely first strike, if there was to be one, in the form of an invasion or aggressive action would be in Taiwan, which would immediately draw the United States and other nations into the conflict because of the importance of Taiwan around the globe. And the United States military is probably, in my estimation, at its weakest point in decades. They are in their strongest position in decades. We are in our weakest because of our leadership, because of low recruitment, because of woke military policies, and because of gridlock in the United States and an inability or a refusal to fund the military properly. And I know that the military budget is as big as it's been, but what they are using it on and how much of it, by the way, they are wasting in other manners, is is a big, big part of this. But China is ready to go to war, according to Gordon Chang, who wrote a book called The Coming Collapse of China. Its provocative and dangerous activities around its periphery mean war could come at any time in any place. So I'm not making this up for radio. I'm not talking about should there be a draft? Should they come and enlist people? Or uh, should they? Uh, uh, should people go and enlist right now? I'm talking about legitimate concerns of some very, very aggressive actions by a very, very aggressive communist country against a very, very weak and impotent American leadership in the form of Joe Biden. More of your phone calls right after the news on Always Right Radio.
of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. Tell you what, this is uh, as uh, difficult of a question I have asked on radio in a long time. And the more I read from Gordon Chang and other analysts about not only China's aggressiveness and their intent, but our weakness, the more I have to ask, would you want your son to enlist in the military right now to prepare for war with China? Or would you tell him, don't even go near it, thus putting the country at an even greater risk? I don't know. In fact, I kind of think I do know. I just don't know if I want to say it out loud. Our country survived many, many attacks and many, many uh, global assaults on liberty, not necessarily on the U.S. homeland, but by foreign powers that were intending to build empires, which would have been then too difficult for us to defeat. Our country has survived them only by, you know, uh, heroes being willing to enlist and go to battle. But given the state of our military, given the state of our leadership, and given the state of China, it almost just sounds like it's an immediate death sentence. It is suicide, as Sally talked about. Roger Wicker is the top Republican on the Senate Armed Services Committee, And he told Newsweek, quote, we are way behind where we should be. Talking about a potential war between the United States and China, he said, uh, we are, our nation right now is ill-equipped if a battle were to break out as early as 2025. We are way behind where we should be. Wicker said he's more interested in returning the U.S. military to Ronald Reagan's peace through strength doctrine. The concept of strong military power deters the breakout of war uh, uh, than in pinpointing a date for a potential conflict. The effect of heeding the general's words will be the same. He's speaking, of course, about General Mike Minahan, who heads the Air Mobility Command. And he predicted the U.S. could find itself at war with China over the Taiwan question within two years. And Wicker, again, top Republican on the Senate Armed Services Committee, says we're not ready for that at all. Do you want your son or grandson to be that which makes us ready? Joanne is in Twinsburg. Joanne, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I'll be honest. I have a niece in the Army National Guard, and it scares me to death. Okay. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. That, I don't blame you but at that's all. But not, that's not really the reason I called. I wanted to real quick, I know you're on this topic, but when you were talking to Congressman Jordan, I am tired of people calling this 517,000 jobs created. These are recovered jobs from before the pandemic. And second of all, my other question to you, is there a way to track how many of these are second jobs for people? No, uh, I don't think there is. And you're you're right you know on both I mean? counts, by the way. You're right on both counts because a lot of people are working two jobs, and you're right about the fact that people are coming back to work after being off for so long because of the pandemic and then the massive amount of money they got from the government uh, to stay home. And uh, yeah, you so know now I mean? they're, they're they finally are, coming back. They really are recovered jobs, not, yeah. not earned, you know, not new jobs. I mean, these are jobs, you know, I'm so sick of this. No, nope. I'm mean, with you. Our commander in chief is a laughing stock. I'm just tired of it all. No, nope. I good understand, day, John. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. God bless you and uh, best to your niece. Chuck is in Cleveland. Hey, Chuck, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of you Hewlett show this morning, but Congressman Ryan Dickey uh, summed it up. The Chinese balloon summed it up exactly perfect. He says, "Like you're sitting in your house." And you watch a burglar come into your house, and you don't do anything. All you do is you watch watch him just to see what he's going to steal. 
do the house. And then take his, his stolen loot and walk out the door. And you don't do nothing. And the other thing is, the only reason Biden doesn't do nothing is because the Chinese got him in his back pocket. He is compromised. Well, that last part I completely agree with, and that first part's a pretty good metaphor. Thank you for the call, my friend. Yeah, if somebody walks into my back door, breaks into my back door, and I'm watching on my security camera upstairs, and I don't even call the police. I'm just going to watch the security camera as it goes from one room to the next, rifles through all of my belongings, takes whatever he wants, goes to the next room, goes to the next room, you know, kind of like from one state to another with a great big airship going from, you know, over Alaska to over the Pacific uh, Northwest to over, you know, uh, the, the, the northern part of the country, over the Dakotas, over Montana, Wyoming, and so forth, and then makes its way across the uh, Midwest and all the way down over the Carolinas. You know, it's like a, like a thief going room to room to room to room and just letting them go out the front door then and then saying, okay, now that they're gone, now I'll call the police. Really? Not going to try to stop it before any damage is done? Really? It's a pretty good analogy. A lot of people have used sports metaphors, too. You know, it's like losing a basketball game by eight points, but then staying on the court after it's over and shooting a three-pointer and cheering for yourself. Look what I did! It doesn't count. You already lost. That's how it is with this uh, balloon. It doesn't count. We already lost. Shooting it down over the ocean after it traversed the United States and gathered whatever intel it wants. Yeah, we've already lost. Navy man Norm. Strongsville, AM 1420, The Answer. Norm, go right ahead. <clears throat> Bob, difficult question to answer because having served uh, six years in the U.S. Navy and coming from a family that goes back to World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq War, I look at it this way. Uh, my son, who's been in the U.S. Navy for 24 years, we're serving our country. We're not serving that coward in chief. And that's what I refer to him as, because as far as I'm concerned, he's a serial liar. He's a cheat. He's a thief. And he's a traitor, period. End of story. Would I serve my country? Would I go back in? It would be a tough choice to make. But because I would be serving my country and the people, my family, yes, I would go. I would do it again. And I would encourage others to do it. Because he's not going to last forever, Bob. And we need our men and women uh, to serve and defend our country and the Constitution. Because without the Constitution, uh, we're nothing. But I will say this. We were lucky that that balloon didn't have a small nuke. Because it would have been so easy for them to let it loose. And we wouldn't be talking right now on this phone on the radio, because we would be back, as you said, a hundred years backwards, and they could walk right in. And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of North Korea. I'm afraid of Iran doing the same thing. Why not? What have they got to lose? You got this this chicken, and you got his his uh, group of chickens, Millie, Millie who told the Chinese general Oh, if uh, if Trump uh, launches a missile strike, uh, I'll let you know that it's coming. I mean, this is the mentality of this this regime, this treasonous regime that we have running our country today. But you know, 
be that as it may, uh, all these predictions are right on. China didn't do this just for uh, giggles. No. They did this. This was a test. This was a test. Well, they, they had one that crashed in Hawaii last year. It's the same thing. What's in Hawaii? Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Uh, a lot of people remember Pearl Harbor. I mean, I know our woke generation doesn't have a clue where Pearl Harbor is or what it's about. But December 7, 1941, we got caught on the words. Uh, there won't Nor- be another Pearl Harbor this time because we quick- won't... Re- yeah, real quick, going back to you, you said you would do it again. Um, it, it's a different circumstance now, and it's a different military now as well. Um, and you're saying uh, we'd fight for the country, not for the for the commander-in-chief. I get that. But given the state of the commander-in-chief's military, given the woke military, given the fact that they booted thousands and thousands of dedicated warriors from the military for not submitting to the jab, the poison dart that has affected so many if that's the state of our military right now, would that change your, I mean, because you're going from your own experience having served, and you're going from the experience maybe of your son, but, I mean, this is a very different thing if you were to, to, to first enlist right now into this military, given the circumstances that it is in. Well, I'll tell you what my son told me. He said, Dad, you couldn't be in the Navy today. And, and I know exactly where he's coming from. But be that as it may, Yes, I would. Did yes, your son have to take? Did your son have to take the shot? Uh, he already had the shot before uh, they mandated it. Okay. Much, much to my chagrin. Okay, because I don't have the shot, nor does my wife. Well, you know, it's I won't judge because it's a free country, and uh, that's that's all we ever wanted. By the way, if they want to put this thing on the uh, on the market and claim that it's safe and effective without proof and without any long term studies, and people want to take it of their own free will, that's America. Uh, and if you don't want to take, it, you shouldn't have to. So if he wanted it for his own reasons, that's fine. But I was uh, I'm more concerned with the thousands of servicemen and women who uh, who have been booted from the military, and now that the mandate is lifted, by the way, the military is not bringing them back. And I don't know if you saw this, Norm, last week, or I think it was last week. Uh, I saw an interview with one of them who said, they're making me repay the $13,000 upfront signing bonus I got to enlist. They booted them and then said, oh, by the way, you owe us that thirteen grand back. I mean, the way they're treating you know, our military, the way they're treating us, you know, our, our, our heroes, or what we used to refer to our heroes now, are, uh, they're being treated like garbage, Norm. I would tell them, good luck trying to collect it. I'm serious, because I wouldn't pay a penny of it back. I wouldn't no, they'll throw you in a federal jail, federal prison. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm, my expectation is. They don't care. They don't care about the heroes. They don't care about uh, the uniformed personnel that used to be so highly regarded as the, uh, you know, the protectors and defenders of this country. And I hate to say it, uh, but I don't know if that's going to change too terribly much when Biden is gone. If they're, the wrong guy takes over, uh, whoever or yeah. girl, if it's Kamala or somebody like that takes over, I don't. I don't know what to expect. That's why I would not want my son. I'll answer my own question that I'm asking everybody else. I would not want my son enlisting in the U.S. military right now. Not this military, not at this time, and especially not with China testing us and us failing the response. Well, let me let me qualify what I said. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't want him in it either at this time. But if right. China were to go to war with us, yes, I would, sir. But if you were to ask me, would I go in today? My answer would be no, not under the not under this uh, treasonous regime. But if China were, if we were if we were to be at war, yes, I would do it then. Uh, be that as it may, because uh, 
I, I, I don't wish ill on anybody, but maybe the first strike would be on Washington, D.C., but I'll let it go at that. Norm, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for answering the question. Would you want your son to go now? And again, don't, I don't want to take offense. I just had Joanne say my nieces, and I'm not saying there aren't women in our military, but like I said, it is largely a male uh, effort when we go to war. And there's a reason why the United States still requires only males to register for selective service. It is not something that women are required to do because we're talking about men fighting men conflicts. Do you want your son or your grandson to enlist in this military knowing that China is beating war drums right now? TJ's in Cleveland. TJ battled. TJ's a Vietnam veteran. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I did that once as a young man. I volunteered to go fight the commie rats on the other side of the world. And that didn't turn out too well, especially a country that didn't give a crap when you come home. And the difference today is now you've got commie rats running this country on the left wanting to send our young people to fight commie rats on the other side of the world. That's not going to work out too good either. And I would not go fight again. And if I had a son or a grandson, if I had to tie him up and keep him from joining, I'd do that. Well, you know what? Um, that, that's a strong statement from somebody who's been there. And you're right. You did have a very, very difficult experience, as did anybody and everybody who fought in Vietnam, not only from the standpoint of what you were allowed to do while you were there and the commitment to the war or the lack of commitment to the war by the by the government, but also the way you were treated when you came home. That obviously would impact any decision you made today, right? Yeah. And, you know, Bob, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Hamburger Hill. It's a true story about the 101st Airborne fighting for a hill. Yeah, about 30 years ago. Didn't that come yeah. out like in the but, early 80s or something, or late yeah, 70s? But, or, yeah, but, you know, the one point there, they had the one sergeant that volunteered mm-hmm. to come back. Yeah. And the people in his unit were saying, why did you Why did you come back here? And he says, you know, things are different back there. He says, everybody loves everybody. He says, they love everybody but you. And that was the truth. Everybody loved everybody, but they didn't like. they didn't love us. They didn't even like us when we come home. And so this thing, fighting for your country, I don't know. I, they made a dope out of me one time. They wouldn't do it a second time. Well, I appreciate that uh, very much. And you know what? I, I, I would never judge your answer. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't judge anybody's answers, qu- answer, quite frankly. But somebody who's already been through what you've been through, I certainly wouldn't judge your, your, uh, your hesitancy. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate the call. It's 1051. i got more calls coming, and i got more time, too, right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1054, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Right back to the phones we go, and uh, Steve is in Collinwood. Steve, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yeah, I think this shows with the balloon the changing face of uh, modern warfare. And it's going to low-tech, low-cost weapons. Because if you if you see one balloon, it costs us to send up two Raptors and a missile, and it's for one balloon. If we were in a war with them and they sent up 80 balloons, think of the cost for to to counter all that kind of the, the balloons. You know, so that's the future. Just like in Ukraine, the the drones, the stuff that they can buy right off the shelf in the hardware stores, and uh, that's how I, I think all this shows. And we're not prepared for that. Our our military is not prepared for uh, that kind of stuff, especially on our soil. You know, one. Giant condom can you know paralyze the whole nation? Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, man, you know you're right. I don't think we're prepared either. Hence the uh, question. Thanks for the call, Steve. Hence the question that I'm asking today. 
in this unprepared military led by absolutely, I don't want to say absolutely, borderline or questionably treasonous leaders in the Pentagon, including General Mark Milley, because the previous caller was right, uh, I think it was Navy Van Orm, who said that he literally told China he would warn them if Trump was going to make any kind of a strike against them. If Trump needed to make a strike against them as the commander-in-chief, it is not something that we want to make them aware of and broadcast so that they can protect and defend against it. And our own General Mark Milley said that's what he would do. Mark Milley is also the one who made the decision, according to uh, Biden, who said, I give the Pentagon the right to shoot down not the right, but the order to shoot shoot this thing down back on Wednesday when I first heard of it, which, by the way, was a lie in its own right because he knew about it since Saturday. But he said, I found out on Wednesday and I ordered them to shoot it down whenever it was the right time. And Mark Milley was the one who said, let's let it continue to gather intelligence and to continue to make its way across the continental United States until it's in the ocean. And then, yeah, like I said, make that three-pointer after everybody already left the gym and the game's over. Hey, Super. Charlie is in Vermilion. Hi, Charlie. Go ahead. Charlie, are you there? Taking the call. Okay, go ahead. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I got you now, Charlie. Can yes, you hear sir. Me? Okay. Uh, what do you think about? You know, we're just signing our own death warrants. Why don't we boycott Chinese goods? First of all, these these are our enemy. We we know they're our enemy. Why are we buying anything off of them? And the other thing is this Peter Zane, he keeps saying demographically China's going to collapse within 10 years. They are too old, they're aging out, and they're going to become very dangerous. This, this uh, President Xi is going to be come extremely dangerous. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, Gordon Chang wrote that book about the coming collapse of China. And what is the best way to prevent their own collapse? And that is, of course, uh, to... to um, you know, take as much as they can from from the, their neighbors around them, and that means going into Taiwan. That means going into war and weakening the uh, United States. Now, the one the one part I would say that gives me at least some kind of hope that the Chinese would think two, three, four times before invading the United States is we are their biggest customer. We are. We have a four hundred billion dollar trade imbalance. Thanks for the call, Charlie. Trade imbalance with China. They, we are a massive customer of theirs. You're right when you say, hey, you know, we should stop uh, bringing in Chinese goods, but uh, that's a whole other question about our economy. Our economy wouldn't be able to handle everything at American prices. We get it made more cheaply, everything made more cheaply overseas so that we can afford it here. We all know the drill, and that's, that's universally true, whether there's Republican or Democrat leadership in office. We always are going to rely on China as a, uh, as a supplier. And China knows that we're their biggest customer. Would it make sense to try to wipe us out? No, it wouldn't. And that might be the only thing that would restrain them from trying to strengthen their own uh, credibility and their own nation, quite frankly, um, you know, uh, with resp- uh, rather than uh, attacking the United States. Okay, it's 10.59. We'll take a time out right here on Always Right Radio. Oh, da- uh, by the way, Senator J.D. Vance joins me next on AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. 
If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at 11 minutes after 11 o'clock on this Monday. It's the sixth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And the United States right now is as weak on the world stage as, as, as it has been in my lifetime. The Chinese didn't just float a surveillance balloon. They floated what Tom Cotton calls a trial balloon. What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon testing President Biden's strength and resolve, and unfortunately, the president failed that test. By every measure, he failed that test. We now look weaker on the world stage, honestly, than I think we have in my five decades plus on this planet. Appreciate you joining us, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity now to go a little bit more in-depth on this issue with Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. Joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Senator, good to have you aboard this morning. Wish we had better things to talk about, but uh, but it's good to have you here. How are you, sir? I'm good, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm disturbed, uh, Senator Vance, and, and the reason I'm disturbed is because I agree with every word Tom Cotton just said. I agree with every word Mike Pompeo has said on this. I agree with every word that everybody has said that the Chinese were testing us here. This wasn't a weather balloon that floated off course, as they originally said. Uh, and once it was determined to be obviously controllable, and it was uh, a Chinese surveillance balloon, and we were able to zoom right in with all of our technology right up to it to see exactly what its capabilities were. Um, you know, th- uh, they allowed it to traverse the entire continental United States before they finally decided to shoot it down over the Atlantic Ocean. I'm very, very concerned that we failed the test and that China is only going to be emboldened by whatever, by this, uh, toward whatever means that they really have for us, whatever their intention is. So, Senator Vance, give me your, um, Give me your reaction to what we saw over the course of the last four or five days with respect to that Chinese test. Yeah, well, I fear everything you said right is, is right, Bob. So, so a couple of observations here. The first is that um, they obviously tried to hide it, and it didn't become a story until uh, the media and some people, like you said, taking photos made it an issue. So my, my question is, what else are they, are they not telling us? Mm-hmm. The, the second observation is, if you look at the flight trajectory, and this went over some of the most critical infrastructure, nuclear sites, and Air Force sites in the entire country. I mean, they, they, they have every aerial photograph they could possibly want and, and possibly much else. And then the third thing is, that, you know, and, and to put my tinfoil hat on a little bit here, the, the way that they shot it down seemed to maximize the chance that we wouldn't be able to recover the intelligence from it. And the main thing that you do when you shoot something like this down, right, is you want to see what were they looking at what technology were they using? Can we learn anything from it? And I, I fear we may never know what they were actually doing with this, which is perhaps the most troubling piece of all. Now, the, the other thing that I find very interesting about this, and of course you and I and all your listeners know that the media is a complete farce in this country, 
But remember, for about 24 hours, the story was that this happened on the watch of Mike Pompeo and Donald Trump a couple of years ago, and we just didn't know about it. They were sort of trying to cover Biden by by alluding to something that Trump had allegedly done. And it turns out that's just totally false, that this, this was not something that's happened before, certainly not something that we were aware of happening before. And so the fact that the media just gobbled it up based on anonymous Biden administration sources just really drives home how willing they are to cover for this guy. Uh, but look, it's, we're going to learn hopefully more in the coming days. I think it was a disaster. Certainly it was a test and we failed. There's a lot to unpack there, Senator Vance. Um, first of all, I disagree with you by calling it tinfoil hat or saying you're going to put on your tinfoil hat there. I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is not conspiratorial. This should have been the first priority there. Um, you know, destroying it so completely, as you say, so that we can't recover stuff. I don't think that's conspiratorial. I think that is a complete uh, fair assessment. In fact, my first sentence was, when I first started talking about this, <clears throat> is once they the Pentagon decided to shoot it down over the water, how did they not have Navy vessels all over that area? So the minute it hit, they were immediately collecting debris, immediately gathering everything that they could. Instead, we found out just yesterday that, yeah, they're trying to go into the shallow waters now and see if there's anything they can, they can, uh, they can recover. Senator, I mean, for crying out loud, our Pentagon can't coordinate an Air Force strike and a Navy <laughs> uh, response in the waters to make sure that whatever is shot down can be recovered. That that I, I think that absolutely should have been done immediately. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sad. It's pathetic, and I it may be worse than that, Bob. That's that's the issue. Is you have to, you always have to wonder what's incompetence and what's actual malice here. And I I, I just I fear uh, that there is more to this story that we may never know. Uh, and that's 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 the thing that I'm I'm concerned most about. Even more than stopping the balloon, the thing that you would most want to gain from something like this is information on what the Chinese are doing. And and I, I again, I, I think that we're never going to know the answer here. Now, the the other the other thing I'd say just is is the American people should expect basic transparency from their government. Um, as soon as this became a story, Joe Biden or somebody else from his administration should have been out there on the podium saying, "This is what's going on." This is where it's coming from. This is what we think is happening, and this is the plan. Um, and, and the fact that they still haven't actually told the American people what's going on just suggests, at the very minimum, a complete disrespect for Joe Biden's actual constitutional role. He is, of course, not a king. He is a president, and we expect to hear from the president about critical areas of national security, and we're just not. No, that is so very well said. Senator J.D. Vance is our, is our guest this morning. Um, according to Bloomberg uh, and other news outlets, Biden was made aware of the existence of this balloon, at least over Alaska, back on Saturday the 28th. Saturday the 28th, Sunday the 29th, Monday and Tuesday, nothing, until it is spotted by civilians, as you say, who reported it to the FAA uh, on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, uh, he says, after the fact, that he told the Pentagon he could sh- that they should shoot it down whenever and wherever it was safe. Now, that didn't happen until Saturday, again, while it continued its its excursion over the entire continental United States. Mark Milley, we are told, is the one who made the decision to not shoot it down until it was over the water. Biden says shoot it down. Milley says I'll shoot it down in a few days. Who's running the country? Who's this commander-in-chief? If Biden really wanted this thing down on Wednesday, why wouldn't that order have just been given and carried out at that moment over one of the massive expanses of unpopulated land we have in the Pacific Northwest and up in the northern part of our country? 
Well, that's a very good question, um, and you know, I'm 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 not the biggest fan of General Mark Milley. I've criticized him on your show for his obsession with in, infusing progressivism into the U.S. military, which is the one institution in this country that still works pretty well, uh, but it won't if we allow the woke people to take it over. Um, my first reaction when when it was over Montana, they said we can't shoot it down because we fear it will fall to the ground and hit a bunch of civilians. Is have you ever actually been to Montana? Um, you know, God, God, God bless it, but Montana's not Ohio. Um, I, that would be a valid concern over Ohio, but Montana has vast territory, like you said, completely uninhabited. That was the perfect place to shoot it down. Yeah, that's exactly the point that I was making, and, and nobody can understand or explain why Millie would have not done it then. And again, except for the fact that we go back, and I'm glad you brought up your uh, crit- criticism for Mark Millie, because more direct here um, is, other than his wokeness, you know, in the military, is the fact that he. Uh, once broke the chain of command, if you will, and spoke to China while President Trump was in power and told China that if Trump ever were to launch anything against them, he would give them a heads up ahead of time so that they could prepare for it, yes. which, again, is in complete violation of virtually every military protocol that we have. So, again, I ask, is you know, who's running the, co- who's running the show here, Mark Milley or Joe Biden? He's the CIC. He's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I mean, I think the answer here is that the administrative state in this country is what actually drives much of our government. And if Joe Biden ordered it shot down and somebody said no and it didn't happen, you hear this term crisis of democracy a lot, assault on democracy. And obviously, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Joe Biden, but he is the commander in chief. And if he gives an order and it wasn't followed, that's yet another very troubling layer to this entire process. Yeah. You know, Mark, Mark Milley, when he went to the Chinese, and he's done a number of other things that undercut the commander-in-chief uh, when, when Trump was president, uh, that, that's a direct violation of our entire constitutional system. And it's so funny the people who cry constantly about threats to our institutions. When there's an actual threat to our institutions, they're, they're very often silent about it. We're talking with uh, Senator J.D. Vance. Um... Senator, one more thought on this um, with respect to China. Everybody wanted to see what our response would be. That's why I think Senator Cotton called that a trial balloon more than a surveillance balloon to see what we would do. Now we did it, albeit late, albeit a week late, in my opinion, since Biden knew about this since last Saturday. But uh, now that we have made our response to it, China's response is the new question of the day. China's foreign ministry said... Uh, that, quote, under such circumstances, the U.S. use of force is a clear overreaction and a serious violation of international practice. China will resolutely safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the company concerned and reserves the right to make further responses if necessary. Now, I don't know exactly what war drums sound like when they're being banged and pounded, but I feel like they might sound something like that. Um, are, are we on a collision course, Senator? Well, I, I fear, Bob, this may be the beginning of a truly new Cold War. Uh, history, historians may look back at this balloon incident as the first the first demarcation of a new Cold War, and hopefully not a hot war beyond that. Uh, but certainly, look, the Chinese are flexing their muscles a little bit. They know they're dealing with a weak president. And let's all face it, Bob, they know that they have leverage over us that hopefully we're starting to, 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 to untangle here. And that leverage, just to be precise, is that so many of the weapons, so many of the munitions, so much of the manufacturing capacity uh, that we need to run a first-rate military is unfortunately controlled by the Chinese. Um, And, you know, I've been warning about this for some time. It's something we're going to keep on working on in the Senate. But, But if there is a time for the Chinese to flex their muscles over us, 
it unfortunately may be now, which drives home, one, getting our own house in order, and two, being prepared. Um, because whether it's Taiwan or something else, mm-hmm. I think we're dealing with an emboldened China, a China that no- knows they have us by the you-know-what, and that's a reality we have to deal with over the next few years. Well, emboldening, emboldening China is one thing, and I concur with you 100%. They are certainly now emboldened. I worry and I wonder if some of our other enemies are also emboldened by this, by our weak response to this. In other words, what do you think Russia, even though they're engaged with Ukraine, thinks when they see what China just did and what our response was? What about North Korea? What about Iran? What about America's enemies, declared enemies, uh, who would love to have tested the U.S. to see what we would do, to see exactly how strong our resolve is to protect our sovereign airspace? Now they had it done by the Chinese, and I wonder if they're not all thinking, holy cow, the Americans are ripe. Well, you're exactly right. They're certainly looking at, at what happened, and they see a weakened America. The, the, other, the other piece of this is that when the Biden administration tries to blame this on somebody else, tries to say, you know, this is just historical practice, this has happened multiple times, what they're really doing is preemptively excusing their own weakness, right? Because if they don't have to respond this time because somebody else didn't respond last time, they're basically showing their, their cards to the Chinese. And that's the other troubling side of this, is that the Biden administration is showing no real resolve. I mean, Anthony Blinken is going to cancel or delay his trip to China. I don't know what exactly. I mean, hell, that's probably a gift to the Chinese. I don't know why it's meant to be uh, indicative of some, some strong response that our Secretary of State is going to delay his flight to China. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see a firm response. And unfortunately, if we don't see a firm response, we are inviting more of this. This is the issue. Weakness is not just about symbolism. It's not just about, you know, thumping your chest. It's about inviting more attacks on our country, which is exactly what the Biden administration is doing. Senator J.D. Vance joining us this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Senator, let's look forward now. I, I, I'm sur- sure this is going to be a portion of the State of the Union address tomorrow. He has to address this. The American people are watching, and so are the Chinese. But it won't be the only thing. What are you expecting tomorrow, or what are you looking forward to hearing from President Biden during uh, what will be your first State of the Union as a senator? So, so the thing that I'm actually most interested in is what he says about the debt ceiling. Um, if you saw today a sort of group of moderate Republicans in the House basically said, we're not doing a clean debt ceiling increase. If we increase the debt ceiling, it needs to be tied to some reforms that get, gets our fiscal house back on track. Um, that, that is an important signal from some moderate Republicans. And I, I think Biden's posture, which is I'm not going to negotiate over the debt ceiling, it's constitutionally ridiculous. It's historically ridiculous. And I'm hoping that he at least opens the door to negotiating because he has to. And we all want the country to pay its debt. We also want to get the country's fiscal house back in order. And that's what I'd like to see most of all from the president. The second thing, Bob, is I'd love to see him just acknowledge the border and fentanyl crisis. His administration has been such a disaster on it. Uh, He clearly feels emboldened by the fact that Republicans didn't take back the Senate. I don't think we're going to see meaningful border action for the Biden administration but it would be nice for all of us who know somebody who's, who's lost a, a son or a daughter because of what the drug cartels are bringing to our country. It'd be nice to hear the president at least acknowledge it. And so those are the two things I'll be listening for. Congressman Jordan said uh, last week in his first uh, hearing or their first hearing of the Judiciary Committee on the House side uh, to discuss Biden's border crisis. And he said there's no way that we can say that this is, you know, just happenstance and we just can't quite figure out what to do. He said this is intentional. 
Uh, it's intentional what they have done because there's no other way for this many people to cross, this many gotaways to get away, this many drugs are getting into the country, originating in China, coming across uh, through Mexico to our southern border. He said it has to be intentional. Do you agree? Uh, he's absolutely right about this. There, there, look, th- this is not rocket science. and The, the border wasn't perfect. It's never been perfect. Um, but there is a difference between a wide-open border and a largely enforced border, and we have a truly wide-open border right now. Now, look, look I, I, I get called all kinds of names by the media when I say this, which is probably indicative that I have to say it more often. If you look at what Democratic Party strategists and activists say about our border crisis, they will tell you, that they like the wide-open border because they see it as a political advantage. Look, uh, in multiple municipalities all across the country, they're talking about, and in some cases already have, given illegal aliens the right to vote. So when you're inviting tens of thousands every month, hundreds of thousands, millions per year, and then giving them the right right to vote, I'm looking around and saying it looks like an intentional thing that they're doing to transform the electorate of the country because they don't want to fight fair They want to fight in a permanently changed America. And uh, Senator Vance, last thing, you may not know anything about what um, uh, Governor Sanders is going to say in the Republican response or rebuttal to the State of the Union, but what would you like to hear her address? You know, I'd like to hear her talk about the debt ceiling and just look, our, our position as Republicans is so reasonable here, Bob. You know, sometimes we take positions that are hard. It is a reasonable position to say, The Congress gets a say in the matter of how we put our country's uh, finances back on the right track. And I, I, of course, would like to hear her talk about the fact that we have tens of thousands of Americans dying right now because Joe Biden doesn't want to do his job and protect the border. And I think she's a good spokesperson for that. I I don't know if you you know her well, um, but she she has she has a certain way about her that I think she cares about people. And I think if that comes through in the address. People are going to realize that the cost of Biden's policies has not pissed off Republicans. It's a lot of misery in the entire country, and it's got to stop. Senator J.D. Vance, very, very clear on uh, what he would like to see happen uh, with respect to the State of the Union tomorrow and clear-eyed on what we are facing with China and that surveillance trial balloon. Senator, thank you for coming on. Thank you for informing your constituents what is happening. Uh, We wish you the very best, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Bob. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Senator J.D. Vance, I don't think he was uh, tinfoil hat-wearing at all when he said that it was a little bizarre for Biden to use so much force, in other words, to take that thing down with a missile, thereby destroying virtually everything that might be recoverable from it, because maybe he doesn't want anybody to know what it was doing. I don't think that's tinfoil hat stuff. I think that's a fair, legitimate point. Why not just take it down by, you know, again, with, with, with gunfire, pop the balloon, and then let it sink or, you know, let it, let it fall to the ground or to the, uh, uh, to the ocean, to the waters, as it were, and then make sure you have Navy personnel down there to scoop it up immediately. Why destroy the evidence, if you will? That's just another question that Biden should have to answer, but no one will ask. Maybe they'll ask KJP Diversity higher today during the press briefing. We'll be back after the news. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. 
Okay, 11.36. A lot of very good information there from, uh, from uh, Senator J.D. Vance. He is all over this situation with China. And um, I, again, I, I, I think the war drums are sounding. That doesn't mean there's going to be a full-scale invasion of the United States mainland by China. But they're testing our response to their aggression. That's the one thing that I think almost everybody can agree upon uh, from the surveillance balloon story we've been discussing all morning. They're testing our response to their aggression, which means they want to get a feel for what we're going to do if they do indeed go into and invade Taiwan, which would put the entire world in a very, very difficult situation because so many of, of the things that drive our lives are made in Taiwan semiconductors and computer chips that run your phone, your car, your PC, your tablets, uh, your your uh, medical offices, just about anything and everything that relies on computer technology. It essentially originates in Taiwan. Not everything, but a significant number to the point where if we... That's the reason everybody... Uh, is telling you that if China goes into Taiwan, we are going to have to help respond. We're going to have to arm them to the teeth. Because your phone, which may cost you $800, your your, your smartphone, your state-of-the-art, of course, the real state-of-the-art ones are a lot more, like $1,200, but just, just to give you an example here, are going to cost you $2,000. Your car, which might cost you $25,000, is going to cost you, you know, $45,000 or more. Your $45,000 car is going to cost you seventy, because of we're going to have to find a new way to make these chips. We're going to have to find a new way to, to mass produce them. And if it has to be in the United States, the cost is going to be astronomical. Your computer, your MacBook or your, your HP or your, your, your PC that, that may cost you eight $900, $1,000 is going to cost you $3,000, $3,500. That's just the reality of the situation. So... If China is banging war drums, are we prepared to go to war? And I think the answer is no, we're not. Gordon Chang, who we're reaching out to to have back on, we've had him on before, who wrote a book about the coming collapse of China, who says this is absolutely uh, what China is preparing for. Quote, he tweeted this, The Chinese spy balloon shows us that China is preparing to go to war. We know what the Chinese are doing. They're engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. I'll stop right there. They're engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. Why? It's not just for Taiwan. There is a much, much bigger game afoot. He then goes on to tweet, they're trying to sanctions-proof their regime. In other words, if the response of their military aggression is to sanction them, Financially, the way we tried to sanction Russia for going into Ukraine, and that hasn't worked. Apparently, because Vladimir Putin is sanction-proof as well. But they're trying to sanctions-proof their regime so that nothing anybody does to them diplomatically or economically is going to harm them. Sanctions-proof their regime, and most ominously, they're preparing China's civilians for war. And the size of that nation, the size of their military, and yes... The strict, disciplined military of the Chinese, the kind that we used to have, is something that should terrify you all, terrify us all. That's why I asked the question earlier on in the program. 
And got some very interesting responses. I've got it on my social media, too. Do you, would you, want your son, military-age son, enlisting in the United States military right now under this leadership, under Joe Biden's leadership as the commander-in-chief, under Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley, who are more concerned with wokeism than military preparedness, people who said we'll warn the enemy before, you know, the president, Donald Trump, would order a strike, we'll warn them to let them know it's coming so they can prepare for it and minimize its impact? Now, obviously, Donald Trump was never planning on shooting anything at China anyway, but Mark Milley saying to the Chinese that that is what I will do is warn you ahead of time is not just borderline treason, in my estimation, that's aid and comfort to an enemy that is treason, and he's still leading the military along with Austin. And he's the one who Biden says he told to shoot down that, that balloon on Wednesday and then wouldn't do it. Ah, it's still too unsafe to do over over land. We have to do it over the ocean. And by the way, we're going to use a Sidewinder missile to make sure that the entire thing is destroyed and not recoverable so that we can't gain any intelligence or any uh, learn anything from what their technology is. We're going to destroy the whole thing. Instead of shooting that balloon down, remember it was a balloon with just gunfire and then letting the entire... Uh, uh, technological operation of the thing, uh, land in the water, where we would have waiting military and Navy vessels ready to scoop up all of the uh, debris. None of those things happened. None of those things happened. So my question, and, and you can ponder this because we're done today, we're not going to be able to take any more calls today, but we're going to take calls tomorrow, asking that question. What if they brought back the draft? Would you support it? Now, I know that we're not near that right now. This is hypothetical. Would you support a return to the military draft because our recruiting and retention numbers are so low? Because so many Americans who are military age, who are already in the military, were booted out because of vax uh, mandates, jab mandates, and then others who don't want to be a part of it because of things like the jab mandates and because of the woke policies. Our recruiting and our retention is, is, is disastrous right now. China's building up the most that they have in their military since the Second World War. Ours is shrinking. Would you support a return to the draft in order to fend off China? And if not, do you think that the recruiting numbers would go up? Do you think that young military age uh, males are going to go enlist in massive numbers the way they did after Pearl Harbor? the way many did after 9-11 in order to go to Afghanistan and get them? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not under this military leadership. And I will tell you this, as the father of a military-aged male, um, I wouldn't want him anywhere near it. And that's saying something. Because I see and view our military veterans as straight-up heroes. They're the reasons our country exists. It's been their sacrifice that allow us to exist. But under the current leadership and facing this kind of a threat, I wouldn't want my, my, own, my own blood to be anywhere near this. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Get Peter Kersenow's thoughts on it. That, I can assure you. Hopefully talk to Gordon Chang as well. And I, of course, welcome you back. Thanks to my crew. Thanks to my guests. And thanks to you for listening. Please be well. Please be stay safe. And please stay free. See you tomorrow on AM 1420 The Let's go, Brandon. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.